Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcast. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. Now, if you want to find out more about them or any of the other authors in the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com forward slash authors, where you'll actually find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable and free, that's free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Deborah Adlin. Now, for those of you who haven't met Deborah before, she is an author, a speaker, and a lifestyle entrepreneur. Now, over the years, she's actually held senior leadership roles in BRW's most innovative company, as well as managing wellness programs in aged care organizations and leading mental health hospitals. Now, in addition to this, she's actually a qualified life coach who's done training in acceptance commitment therapy, known as ACT, and also process communication method, known as PCM. Deborah has received recognition and an award for her scientific research into the, into the reliability and validity of observational gait analysis, a clinical decision-making tool used globally. Now, the other thing about her is her transformative vision guides people to diffuse and embrace the discomfort that comes from living an expansive life. Deborah's entire mission is to actually help people create a rich, full, and meaningful life and really just go out there and align their highest values to their daily inspired action. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Deborah. Hello, how are you? Hey, Ben, how are you going? I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> good, me too. I'm very excited. <laughs> Before this interview, we were having a bit of a chat for the listeners who weren't, weren't listening. We are talking about all the new cool <laughs> slang words that we were using. So maybe we can try and attempt to get some of our lingo happening in this interview. Well, um, I'm pumped to see. do that, Ben. You're I'm pumped pump. to do that? A little bit of go-to language. I like it. Um, now, maybe they've read your book. Maybe they haven't. This incredible book that you've produced, International Bestseller, Elevate Your Wellbeing. Uh, maybe they've seen you online with your amazing online business where you're just providing incredible levels of freedom, both financially from a health perspective. Uh, or maybe they've never heard of you ever before, but either way, they're listening to us now. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me, well-being, why are you into that? What, what's going on there? Why are you so passionate <laughs> about it? I'm so passionate about it because essentially um, my experience of well-being was a really interesting one growing up. And for the listeners and for those of you who have read the book or not read the book, you know, mental wellness um, and illness is a massive thing that's going on in the world right now. It's a huge topic. And me personally, on a very personal level, I experienced um, a degree of, of mental illness and from there I was able to transform myself into being um, so much more educated about what creates a, a mindset that um, a mindset that creates healing and wellness in, within. So I've got a very embodied approach to, to well-being, having experienced it previously growing up. And, and spending so much time and, um, and really investing so much time and energy um, with the greatest mentors um, to really dive deep into understanding psych, you know, psychology and mindset and well-being and the physical aspects of wellness that, that have basically led me into being an author and a speaker and an online entrepreneur. Yeah, nice. So as you're going through your own journey, 
So you class kind of overcoming your mental uh, illness issues or whatever it is, that's kind of a well-being concept for you. Now, I know you've done a lot of work in yourself and you've done a lot of things. What, as you went through your journey, what were some of the bigger epiphanies you got around well-being? What, what were some of the things that made the biggest impact or the biggest transformation for you? The biggest thing, and I'm glad you've asked that, but the biggest thing is it's important for us to realize that we are actually in charge of how we respond to situations around us. Um, to really diffuse or detach ourselves from significant things that happen to our life and say, hey, how can I respond to that situation rather than being totally in it and overwhelmed by it, just stepping back and say, what's my response to that? And leading with love, like, like, like what would love do or what would love say or what would boundaries do or what would boundaries say coming from that perspective? I think in the past, um, where I, where I, on my journey, which led me to become, um, you know, anxious and depressed when I was quite young, and I had that for about, you know, up to 20 years, was because I had fused to so many things. So when I was in a scenario where I felt overwhelmed, I'd call myself, well, I'm overwhelmed. I'd give myself a title, I judge myself, or I'm out of control these sort of things. But when we can diffuse and detach ourselves from these just silly labels that we can often give ourselves, the I'm not good enough story, when we diffuse from that, we stand back and say, how can I respond to the situation rather than fully being in it, but step back and say, how can I respond to it? I think that actually allows people to step into a position of control and permission to choose a response. And that's really important when we're living that a radically self-responsible life. Now, you've just said something that I have never heard before. And I <laughs> I thought I'd heard it all. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, you <laughs> said something. You said, what would boundaries say? Run, run me through that. Yeah. Okay. How do I use this? This sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that question of, you know, if you, if, let's say, what would boundaries say? So, for example, if you're in a situation where you're feeling, you're feeling a little triggered, Maybe you're, you're having a chat with someone or a group of people and you may feel like you're being, you, yeah, you may feel like you're being pressured into something or that you have to behave in a certain way. You could probably diffuse the situation by stepping back and saying, what would boundaries say or do? So boundaries might say something like, look, um, I can choose whatever project that I'd like to do in my life. I can say yes. Oh, I can say no. I get it. Yeah. So if you had stronger and boundaries, in, I get it. I get it now. Yeah. So you're saying like, so here's this person who's come to ask for my time mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily want to give it to them because it's not really going to keep you doing what you want. And then you say, mm-hmm. what would boundaries say? And boundaries yeah. would say like, this is not for me. So yeah. I'm going to say no to that thing. Is that kind of what you mean? Like exactly. you're setting boundaries in place? Exactly. Okay. And that's what, yeah, exactly. Like Ooh, that. I like that. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. I think. I think also, what would love do is another good one along the lines of that. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. So mm-hmm. as you're going along the process, you're kind of like asking yourself the right questions by the sounds. That was something that really helped you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other kinds of things helped you out along the way? Well, I <laughs> I happen to be speaking to the man who's actually helped me <laughs> the most, <laughs> and that's you, Mr. Ben. But really, that session that I that we did, we I remember sitting in a room of two hundred people, and you took us all through the most phenomenal values track. And and I've said this many times to you personally, but I've also said it, you know, I've written it into the book and you know in public, and I speak about this a lot, but. 
the values track that you that, that is a process it's such a simple process but a, I call it a simple and powerful process and I know that I'm sure your intention was around that to be simple and powerful and to clarify and uncover people's values and in my personal situation I came to uh, uh, I came in confused and walked out enlightened I came in worried about my future and walked out um, activated and purposeful I came in yeah, sad nice. and down and walked out elevated in all in all areas and so it was like as soon as I knew my highest values my three or five highest values which I can reel off the top of my tongue easily everything made sense so if something didn't align to that value um, let's say an opportunity in business or or even um, you know a hobby I'd say well does it align to my highest value and if it doesn't it's just a no-brainer it's no thank you that doesn't align and move on yeah nice so it's kind of like living a values driven life I guess is, is, is one of the keys is that what you're saying Yes, a values driven and values based life and living in alignment to your highest values. And so taking specific actions that are aligned to your highest values. And, and, and I really, really believe that when we do that, we activate energetically a higher vibration in our bodies and in our minds. And that creates a richer, fuller and more meaningful life when we lean in like that. Lean in. I like lean it. Lean in. So why are people not leaning in? Like what? What, yeah. what is it? What's the? Yeah. What's going on? I think it's a great question, Ben. And I think this is a massive, massive question. I'm going to attempt to answer it, maybe with some, a couple of ideas. But first and foremost, we all humans experience discomfort. It's it's something that we know, you know, we know from early on what discomfort feels like. When we're babies, we're, we feel uncom- uh, uncomfortable or discomfort because we're hungry. We communicate that through crying. We want milk, etc. So we know what discomfort feels like. When we grow up, we know what, what, what discomfort feels like as adults, an uncomfortable conversation or an uncomfortable situation in a social setting or, or being um, asked to step up in business and the discomfort of, let's say, feeling fear around, let's say, public speaking. So these, all of us, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with this feeling of discomfort and I feel, feel that's really, really normal and it comes from the state of our, our brain that's evolved to be this way too. To predict and uh, to predict and look at risks that may affect our well-being overall, and so our you know our primitive minds, our minds that came from cavemen days and cavewoman days, was just to keep us safe. So anything that was uncomfortable um, made triggered us to, to say, look, is is it okay to go outside, or is there a saber-toothed tiger, or should I run away? Those sorts of things. But I think in the modern day age where we're all living now. Um, this this is a throwback and a t- continuation of the way our minds have evolved naturally. And so when we're asked to step up on stage, and I, personally I've had that situation, that feeling of fear or discomfort is enough to actually make me feel like I'm going to die or in the past that I felt like I was going to die. But obviously through training to be a, a better public speaker, I feel like I'm, I'm now liberated and excited and that's thanks to you too, Ben. So I have to just say that <laughs> you've helped me there. <laughs> But why do people move away from discomfort? I think simply because um, it's a throwback from the way our minds have evolved. But um, rationally, when we really think about it, has public speaking ever killed anybody? Has um, stepping out and, and raising your responsibility around a project you're running, has that ever killed anybody? You know, let's sort of be real in the modern age and think, well, actually, 
it's all about leaning in and seeing what happens um, to to uh, to building yourself through the discomfort because what often happens is um, it's way better than you even think. The outcome can be liberating, exciting, freedom. Um, it can be exhilarating, uh, confidence building. Um, so many things that can happen when we lean into discomfort. Nice. So just stepping into that process more so than anything else and just going beyond it. I like it. So leaning into discomfort is kind of a key concept around this. What well, what other kind of practical tips out there? So, I, so I'm a listener. I'm listening in right now. I'm like, all right, I want to go and have a great life. I want to improve my well-being. I want to be feeling good about myself. What are some things you'd recommend that people can start doing like straight away? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think these things don't have to be overcomplicated or overly complicated. They don't have to be fancy and they can be super simple. And in fact, I actually think that everybody knows them. It's just that they're not necessarily owning them. Um, things as simple as vibration and, and, and thinking about what activities create higher vibration in life. So what sort of, from a, let's say from food and water perspective, what sort of foods are you putting into your body or, or water that you're consuming or beverages that you're consuming that are high vibration or low vibration? And this idea around vibration is to raise your vibration in all ways, physically and mentally and spiritually, really just elevates you. And I love that the book is called Elevate Your Wellbeing because it's about elevating your whole wellbeing, your, your wellbeing in general. When we raise our vibration, we just become this magnet for amazing high vibration opportunities and things to happen in our lives, new people to meet, new business opportunities. And so starting just from the basics that pretty well everyone knows, but they're just not necessarily owning it. And by the way, I'm included in that in the past. Now that I own it, I, I make sure that the food that I ingest um, is high vibration that the pH of the water that I drink is a high vibration pH um, it's electrolyzed water and that makes a massive difference to the way that the body uptakes the water molecules and uses it to create even better healing in the body and, 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 and nourishing the body fully on a cellular level um, it can also be the way we move our body you know if some people do yoga or walking or running or tennis or whatever but just choosing a movement that that has the body raising its vibration that feels good you know let's not shy away from feeling good and, and making that really important because feeling good is is lifts your vibration so much that you attract incredible things into your life just by doing that you know we all know what it feels like to feel a bit you know yucky some days and then if we purposely go out to feel better through let's say physical activity um amazing things happen like the the, the world is like a many possibilities also mindset and we touched on that earlier in our conversation Ben around the idea of diffusing and detaching ourselves from this I'm not good enough story we have radio doom and gloom pretty well as an evolutionary thing that our brain does all day long and for the most part people are saying things like I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough I'm not attractive enough I'm not uh, honest enough humble enough confident enough there's so many I'm not something enough and most of the time <laughs> we're not even aware that these things are yeah, happening yeah, yeah. so catching yeah. them is important <laughs> catching the thoughts as they happen capturing them yeah. and and sorry go ahead go ahead no go on capturing them and really just saying oh there there it goes again there's that i'm not good enough story 
I'm quite familiar with that and saying, is it really that I'm not confident enough or is it just a, a radio doom and gloom, a habitual chatter that happens? And then what are you going to do about that? And literally stepping back and saying, well, actually, I do want to become more confident as skill, so I'm just going to practice it. So just sort of making it more a, a detachment from it, but, but noticing it's there. So I know a little secret about you that mm. maybe the listeners don't know. And oh. I was out at breakfast at a place called Dunbar House uh, on the weekend. Yeah. And it's down at a place called Watson's Bay. And for the listeners out there who don't know much about Watson's Bay, Watson's Bay is home to some of the thickest trunked trees you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> and I was there. That's one of my favorite places. In fact, Deb, when you come to Sydney, I have to take you to Watson's Bay to see these trees. <laughs> now, for the listeners out there who don't know, Deb's secret little passion is tree climbing. <laughs> She loves it. She can't get enough of it. She's always climbing a tree somewhere. Um, So for those of you out there who are thinking about what are some unique ways to raise my vibration, well, I know that when Deb wants to raise her vibration, she just goes straight up a tree and she's good to go. What got you into tree climbing? What got you doing that? All right, here goes. And and then you make me laugh with that because it's just so much fun and it's so random. And, yes, Yes, that's what I do. And I even, I did a one-year blog. It was a 366-day tree climbing blog where I commissioned a photographer to follow me for 366 days and we put together 366 impactful images that went with impactful, high-quality, high-vibe text that literally um, moved through the season. So I climbed in the snow, I climbed in the rain, I climbed in the sun, I climbed with people, with guest climbers, I climbed by myself, I climbed with my children and there were themes, there were t- about 12 themes that I addressed across a 12-month period. So what got me into that? Well, it all started when I was a little girl um, and between the ages of three and five, I started to become quite conscious of noise. And when I say noise, I'm talking about the noise on the ground, Every, all the data that I was seeing around me, all the information, the noise, the sounds, the actual, the, the visual cues around me seemed to be overwhelming to me. I can say that with language now, that when I look back as a child at the time, I just felt overwhelmed but didn't know how to describe that. But what I did know how to do was walk away and climb as far as I could to get away from it, to create a peaceful kind of um, tranquil environment. And I had this beautiful, beautiful, um, thanks to my parents, um, a garden in the back of our home, this, you know, Aussie backyard that had this stunning gum tree. The gum tree was uh, massive, one of the biggest gum trees I've ever seen. And I just started to climb it. How did I do it at such a young age? Well, I climbed the, um, the picket fence, you know, the good old Aussie picket fence, which, which helped me get to the first branch that I could most easily reach because I couldn't reach it from the ground. And that's how it started my climbing journey. And as I reached up step by step all the way up to the very top, I'd, I'd sit perched up there and suddenly there was silence. And I think that that was my first entry into what mindfulness is, just the placing attention on on the tranquil, just a tranquil observation of time and space and energy and being, just being without having to be doing, just be being and in the moment. And that's really, I did it really to escape the noise on the ground, but what I found at the top of the tree was, um, freedom, salvation, liberation, mindfulness, and mental health and well-being. And so 
to honour that, I, I revisited it as an adult. I mean, I've climbed ever since I was a child, but really to bring my learnings around it, to bring it out into the public and to inspire people through photos and, and, and actual topics and text and, con, and, and context as value um, so that people can understand that, you know, conversations, we've used the word robust before, Ben, but these robust conversations that we have with ourselves and other people are so important. And to mm. lean in again to the discomfort of a conversation, look, without necessarily a solution, like I'm feeling really uncomfortable about this, is, this is how I'm feeling, this is how it is for me, but not necessarily saying, well, I have the solution, but just this is how it is. And so as I climbed, it was more like an analogy for climbing through life for reaching a, a branch and going, wow, with curious observation, it's wow, look at the insects here. I never knew there were spiders and insects on this level, but also being halfway up a tree and feeling this sense of overwhelming fear. Oh, my goodness, I've never climbed so high. Oh, my goodness, what if I fall? Well, how many times do people say that in their lives, even if they're not climbing trees? What if I fall? And what if you fly? You know, these these, this tree climbing seemed to be actually bigger than just simply tree climbing. It was an analogy in the, uh, of the journey of life. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what a metaphor. <laughs> what a metaphor. Now, I know that mm -hmm. you do some really cool work with your online business and you have some really quite remarkable success helping people uh, with their conscious movement around abundance in, in like health and wealth. Yes. And you've got these fully automated educational platforms as well. Mm. Um, I guess what I wanted to find out is when people want to find out a little bit more about you, where's the best place to go? Like where's the best place to track you down and find you? On social media. Um, so I pop up all over social media on, on multiple platforms and growing by the number every day. Um, so that's the best place. Just pop, for example, if you're on Facebook, just pop your name in, my name in, Deborah Adelin, and you'll find um, content there. I give away content every single day. I, that's my, that's my job and my number one thing to give value every day to, every, to, to everybody. Um, that's, that's key. That's um, a main focus of mine. Um, also, um, website, um, and, um, and look, there's, um, you can Google me. Um, I was um, yeah, interviewed. What's the website I should go to? All right, cool. Um, so there's multiple websites. <laughs> there's multiple Ben. So should I should write? Can I provide them to you at the end of the um, the? Yeah. You can look. Yeah, DebraAdeline.com is. You can start with that. There's DebraAdeline. Yeah, I think that's probably the best coach. place they can go to. Yep. So okay. yep. DebraAdeline.com. For those of you who are listening in, it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-A-D-E-L-I-N.com. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one that I would recommend that they can start by checking out. But definitely, um, I mean, you're showing up all over social media. That's a fact. So I think if the listeners just punch, jump on Facebook and type that in, mm -hmm. um, they'll be able to search you as well, which is kind of cool. And exactly. I think from there, you'll start to find all the other sites that are out there as well. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Um, so tell me, what's like your number one tip that you would give people around well-being? What's the number one thing that you think, listeners sitting there right now, they're like, all right, I love Deb, I love everything she's about, I want to change my life today. What's the tip you'd give them today? What, what, what should they do right now? Number one tip, when it, when it really boils down to it from our perspective, is all, yeah. I know this sounds wishy-washy, lovey-dovey, but it's actually all about self-love. 
it all comes from self-love, just loving yourself more, loving yourself for the beautiful bits, loving yourself for the unloved bits. That, that's the tip. If it's uncomfortable and you're feeling disappointed or upset or angry about situations that you're in, that you've been in in the past, it's that, yep, I was there. Yep, it was really uncomfortable. Yep, I didn't make some great moves or yep, um, it wasn't a great outcome, but love yourself through it. That's where I feel that I think that most people can make such a massive difference to the way they, they move forward on their journey to say, yes, that's what happened. It's okay. It's a story. I love myself. I'm perfectly imperfect and I move on. So something that you can do right now if you're in the car, if you're listening at home washing the dishes, if you're at work listening at your, in your lunch break, wh- wherever you are, what's the one thing that you can do, I'd say, to demonstrate love to yourself? I write notes to myself, like love letter notes to myself. You should see my, my computer has a screensaver that says, you've got this, babe. I love you. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, Something nice. simple like that. A photo of yourself um, and just write on the photo, you've got this. I love you. You're the best. You can do this. You can handle it. You've got what it takes. Just, just keep, just keep being your best friend. Um, keep, you know, we're here on a journey, and where there's so many people along this journey that we have the, the beauty of sharing our journey with family and friends. But number one is, let's look at the journey that you're having it with yourself. And if you can keep leaning into that idea of that beautiful, um, blossoming relationship that you can have with yourself, which I think is the most important relationship to come from a place of love, it's a mirror effect and you can be more loving, more kind, more caring, more compassionate to others. And I think that is, um, that's really what is the, the highest vibration, love. And that's what creates wealth and abundance and well-being. Yeah, nice. Nice. I like it. So it really <laughs> just comes down to self-love and that's, I, I guess, the key to all of it. Uh now, before we wrap up this interview, is, is there any other, like, is there a message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Is there a piece of wisdom apart from that that you'd like to drop on them? Is there something you'd like to share, something you'd like to say? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd say that if you don't know your highest values, if you, if you just don't know them, um, they, they really, really are what I believe to be the, a torch and a compass. They're your best buddies along this amazing life adventure and journey. They light up the dark. They are a compass and a GPS that really just help you navigate you along your radiant journey. Highest values are, they can anchor you into the now, into the presence, into your purpose. They help you with your direction and moving forward. They really are so, um, oh my gosh, here's a pun, but I think undervalued except they are so <laughs> highly valued. I only just realized that, that actually that uh, word, what that word means <laughs> now that we're talking. They can be <laughs> undervalued. <laughs> but, but, but they are, I think, um, the, the go-to for really transforming your life if you don't know what your highest values are. And when I say don't know, I would say this. I'd say right now, if you could say your top three or five highest values, go for it. If you can't, I highly, highly recommend and invite you to to deep dive into um, you know reading the book Elevate Wellbeing. Um, go to the very last chapter. That's where I am. You'll see this phenomenal um, um, technique. Thanks and courtesy to yourself, Ben, um, as well as Authentic Education for me being able to reprint it into this book. And and um, you know contact me if you need some extra help with that. Also, yeah, value. Just know your highest values and live in alignment to them for a rich, full, and meaningful life. 
Yeah, beautiful. And it's well summed up. <laughs> well, thank you so much for dialing in, sharing your precious time with our listeners, and just dropping all those bits of wisdom along the way. What would boundaries say? What would love say? Getting your values in alignment, climbing trees, getting high <laughs> vibe activities happening. I mean, it was just packed full of some incredible value, and I'm sure our listeners got a lot out of that. So uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, being on this call with us. And uh, I really have had an absolutely magnificent time. So thank you so much, Deb. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate your time and your amazing questions. My pleasure. <laughs> and I just want to say, uh, anyone out there who wants to find out more about Deb, you can actually do so by visiting the elevatebooks.com website and go to forward slash authors. So elevatebooks.com forward slash authors. And always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.